You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead to Pride Best of the Week podcast. I am Steven Serta. Got a lot to catch you up on this morning as we prepare for Sunday's Week 5 matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. We'll start things off with the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show discussing their marinated takeaways from that Week 4 win over the Jets. After that, it's the Out of Structure podcast discussing Isaiah Pacheco's big day against the New York Jets and the Chiefs' lackluster wide receiver performance. After that, it's the Great British Chief Show previewing this matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Then we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll catch up with Chiefs Coast to Coast, discussing the Chiefs wide receiver room and what they need to do moving forward, or do the Chiefs need to make a move there? After that, we'll wrap things up with Show and BK, discussing what the Chiefs need to do when they have the ball on Sunday to make sure they come away with a win in Week 5. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt. React. Readapt. Takes time. It takes years. (laughs) That's the takeaway. Back in the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show, you know what time it is. You've been waiting all week for it. It's those world-famous marinated takeaways. Gave you a little appetizer on the the backside of the break right, right there. Uh, so we're going to start with John here, as we always do. Uh, John, uh, as you've—I uh, don't know—these are not even that marinated, like because what is it? Yeah. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. The game—the <laughs> game just ended twelve hours ago. Uh, this is like when you put the, the the steak on too early and you needed to marinate it for an extra day. But we're going to marinate like a we're gonna, like a basted ter- uh, yeah, like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah a little juice on it. It's not not as good as the usual marination. We're, we're going to try our best anyway. So what is your first on there? <laughs> yeah. Patrick Mahomes style. What is your first takeaway from Sunday night football? Well, this is actually kind of a repeat. I believe it was the Jaguars game. I think, as you mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago, where we saw a similar sequence in the game, but that final drive that the chiefs had was amazing. And again, I've, you know, I wrote it down in one of the pieces that I put on the site last night and I'll just share it again a Chiefs drive that included Mahomes converting a third and 22 after a penalty with a 25-yard scramble, a third and 20 play that was converted by a defensive holding penalty that also wiped out another Mahomes interception, and a third and one that was converted when Kelsey took a direct snap and handed it off to Jarek McKinnon. Are you kidding me? One of those plays actually worked. (laughs) And then... You know, not only did they, you know, they got the ball at, I believe it was the 47-yard line. They, the, the drive gained 45 yards in 10, in 15 plays yeah. and took seven and a half <clears throat> minutes off the clock. It was astonishing 
that the Chiefs made that were able to drag that out for such a long time. It was almost as if they intended to be in those <laughs> third down situations so they could take more time off the clock because it, when they got down to the point that uh, Mahomes could slide at the two and kneel down for a couple of plays, uh, it's it's almost like they planned it that way. I don't know if I muted correctly during my cough fit there, but I, I apologize if I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I was trying to trying trying to mention uh, there that uh, I, I I completely agree, and I think for so long. And granted, there's going to be exception games. So uh, if you're thinking of one, you know, don't kill me here. But I think just for for so long, it's like we can either score fast or we're not going to be able to do one of these methodical drives where we mm-hmm. can really be smart. And, and it's tough. I'm not saying it's right. just like an easy right. thing to do. Like, Hey, you're only going to get a certain amount of yardage, nickel and dime. So you can just bleed the clock. So I just think it's a very good development. I think that's a good thing to note. And Mahomes is just really, really good about that. And he joked in the press conference after about if I can just get to the point where they start to spy me, you know, have a quarterback spy, yeah. like you see with <laughs> some of these uh, other teams, you know, certainly, Lamar Jackson comes to mind of someone that, that you yeah. would always have to have a spy. Justin Fields, who the Chiefs just played. Uh, I think it might happen because, especially late in the game, if you don't look at, look at the film and say, well, we can have everybody covered, but Patrick, especially with the game on the line, it's always seemed, seemingly these big moments where he scrambles. It's not it's not something he like t- really wants to lean into at the, at the beginning of the game. Not impossible to see it at the beginning of the game, but I, I think at a certain point, if you're these opposing defenses, you got to be like, well, he's going to run. He's definitely going to run. The game's on the line. He d- this is what he does. Uh, and so maybe not a full game spy for Pat, but maybe one of these, uh-oh, it's game time situation. This is it. Mm-hmm. He's more apt to run in these situations. Let's let's spy him in the fourth quarter. Maybe third and 20, a third yeah. and 20 spy. And, right. you know, the, the, those situations happen pretty frequently in Chiefs games. We know because he keeps yeah. converting the damn things somehow. <laughs> All right. Uh, My next marinated takeaway. Not everyone's going to love this one. I don't care. Uh, You know, you're listening to me anyway. So you like me enough. I just think the complaining about the referee and this isn't just Jets fans because it is a mess right now. But Chiefs fans during the game complaining about the referees. Listen to me. Stop doing it. it. It is such a loser thing to do. The game is 60 minutes long. 60. You have a million plays. If you play better than the other team, it shouldn't matter what the refs say. And I, I tweeted this because I'm seeing the Jets, Jets fans are like nauseating today about how uh, it should have been a hold. And uh, the defensive holding was only called after the, the interception. Man, don't let your quarterback fumble the key snap of the game and give the ball back to the Chiefs. Yeah. And then Chiefs fans, look, you're a Chiefs fan. You're listening to this podcast. I know I'm talking to air about Jets fans. If there is a phantom horse collar call or a questionable safety, you're still winning 17-2. Play defense, get the ball back, and score again. Like, mm-hmm. even if the Jets had somehow won in a miracle, I would have said today, you know what? It wasn't the referee calling a, a, a horse collar that extended the game. It was two of the worst throws I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes make. Right. That is the right. game. And so, like, I just, and I know not everyone does it, so I'm not talking to everybody, but if like you woke up today and you're getting into a spat on Twitter X or whatever about the referee, look, <laughs> the refereeing was bad throughout the game. 
throughout the game. Jets fans should should relax, and Chiefs fans during the game should relax. Like you're playing the Jets, right? This is a one win team. They are not going to the playoffs. Win the game. You get two bad calls against you. Win the game. And then same thing for the Jets. You want to pull off this magical upset? Maybe just hand the football off correctly. And that is my rant. I know it was ranty. Um, you're playing a New York team, so I had to give you a dose of the New York thing. But it just I get so annoyed by the referee complaints, John. And and I'll just leave it at that. Well, first, let me give you a thumbs up there on Twitter X. I love that. <laughs> I love you. that. Twitter X. I, Twitter I'll have X. to have to make a I was note of that one there. And a little mini rant here. I was complaining last night that they didn't change it to like a word. Why change it to a letter? Even if it was yeah, a word, right. a new word that we had to learn. It's just hard to say. It isn't a cool thing yeah. to say. Anyway, that's my second mini rant. So you got you got I, two for the price of one there. Yeah, you can't really say I just X somebody it's a little the while worst. Ago. It is yeah, the worst it's... name change. <laughs> worse than the commanders. I loved Washington football team. And this is now yeah. worse than the commander change. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. John. Uh, well, I, I couldn't agree more with you, Pete. I mean, I it's frustrating, of course, when a penalty goes the wrong way. Let's just start with that. Of course it is. Of course, we would like to see the penalties called correctly in our eyes every time. But guess what? That's right. not going to happen. No, it doesn't. And, you know, if you're a professional football player, the only thing you can do is get past it you know, and, and play better from that point on to get through, get past whatever disadvantage the penalty gave you. Right. right. You don't get a lot of opportunity to do that if it happens in the last seconds of the game, but that's just the way it goes. You know, like Joe Montana said, sometimes, you know, the ball is shaped weird and it bounces well, funny, you know? And then if you're, the, if you're the Jets, don't give up 17 points in three seconds, yeah. right? Yeah, like, and then exactly. maybe you wouldn't have had yeah. to worry about the referees at the end of the game. And then the yeah. same thing for the Chiefs. If, God forbid the horse collar would have led to a Jets miracle comeback. You made a lot of bad plays. You made a lot of mistakes. It it would have been the same thing the other side. So I'm not even just picking on Jets fans. Anyway, um, that's it. I, I can't talk more about it. Uh, John, what's your ne- what's your next one? Um, well, you know, we always talk about how teams will have the Chiefs uh, targeted when they look at the schedule, and I, I think that boils down to individual players as well. And I thought of this today when I saw someone mention that uh, Zach Wilson had played the game of his life. And I thought as, as often happens in a situation like this, I thought, Hmm, I wonder if he really did play the game of his life. Well, as it turns out, he did yeah. <laughs> his, his passer rating last yeah. night was 105 something. It's one of only two games he's ever played with a passer rating above 100. The other one was last year's game against the bills that the jets won. So, you know, even as I always say, even the stupidest guy in the room is worth listening to because once in a while he's going to say something valuable. You know, I always say that to people. And the same is true of an NFL player. You know, even the worst NFL player is capable of making a great play once in a while. Even the worst NFL quarterback is capable of having a great game once in a while. And we saw that on Sunday night with Zach Wilson because. He was facing the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and this is goes into the 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 film uh, and and just trying to pay attention because I think around the NFL, if people stopped watching Sunday Night Football and after that Carson Daly intro, and if you weren't a fan of the Chiefs <laughs> or the Jets, maybe I would have turned the game off too. And you simply see the score and you see the stats and you're just like, wow, the Chiefs defense sucks. And it's just you shouldn't make those assumptions because Zach Wilson played out of his mind. 
And that goes into my my final marinated takeaway. There's a point of the game in the middle of it where the Jets decided to really pick on the second level of the Chiefs, any linebacker in coverage they were targeting. But it it wasn't even necessarily bad coverage by the linebackers. I, I saw that uh, Brandon Kiley also noted this on, on Twitter X and it was something that I was thinking. Just <laughs> the idea of like the linebackers were actually playing pretty good coverage. It's just Zach Wilson was putting it on the money. That yeah. throw against Brandon, um, not Brandon. I got Brandon on the man, the mind. Brian, the throw against Brian Cook was mm-hmm. just magnificent. And so you look quick. You might, you know, you're at the bar with your buddies at your phone, and you're just like, "Wow, Zach Wilson's got two touchdowns against the Chiefs in a tie game. The Chiefs must actually suck." It's like, no, actually, Zach Wilson flashed, and I don't think you see a lot of the Chiefs players complimenting him after the game for no reason there. I, I think he right. had a, a moment and it's a, it's a good development for him. I felt uh, awfully bad for him because I think he was bracing himself for that Mahomes 17 year where he's going to really get to learn behind a pro pro Aaron Rodgers take a step back, reset suddenly thrown into the fire again. And I, it seems like New York wants to see what they have w- with him when, as far as development goes and, indicate you know we're predicting the future here but indications are now that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back he's not going to end like that so maybe maybe Wilson's looking at at 25 but I I don't know you saw a little bit of why he was a top pick in the draft I'm not ready to just say like okay the 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 Jets ended up making the right call there necessarily but I I don't know I I just feel like a lot of a people in Kansas City are going to be upset with how the defense played against him last night and I just think sometimes even against the worst quarterbacks in the league, like you got to tip your cap because sure, they can yeah. play, they can have great moments too. And Wilson isn't great, but like I'll tell you, and watching a full, the one good thing about covering Sunday night, John, is I can watch a full day of football. Man, Zach Wilson looks better than Desmond Ritter looks, looks way <laughs> better than Kenny Pickett. And, yeah. you know, I think there was a part of the year where you, you would have said, I, you know, I don't, I don't want Wilson over anybody, and so I don't know. We'll we'll see what ends up happening. But I, the coverage was not as bad as the the box score would tell you last night, and um, bleeds into another takeaway. It's just another solid game, I thought, from Drew Tranquil, who is filling yeah. in for Nick Bolton. The Chiefs are awfully deep defensively, and a deeper, deeper marinated takeaway. So now we're getting into you know the getting away from <laughs> Here the base thing. Yep. Past the past another, the ketchup now. <laughs> yeah, another day closer to Charles Manahue back, which is yeah. going to be a, a relief, a pressure off of a lot of of shoulders, and uh, quite the midseason addition. You know, when you have to play six games, it almost feels like a trade, and they're going to be adding a big time piece uh, come week seven uh, with the defense that I I think is still playing pretty well here. So um, I started with my, one surface level marinated takeaway we got a little <laughs> bit deeper into the turkey yeah and then we loaded it with stuffing with the amenahue point there john so yeah, go ahead yeah i have uh, i have one more thought from the game and it kind of uh goes back to something that you said before but i want to expand on it a little bit um we see safeties so rarely we kind of lose track um of how significant they are but they really are it seems like almost an afterthought because it's two points, two points. What what does that get you? Well, two points can get you a lot in a close football game. And more importantly, not only does the other team score the two points, they get the ball. Mm. And, um, you know, after you had the momentum of 
getting a quarterback sack or in the case of this particular safety, a, a penalty in the end zone because because you're in this case, because your defensive player was beating the offensive tackle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, penalties don't happen in a vacuum, you know, sure. <laughs> um, after you've sacked an opposing quarterback in the end zone, that's a big, big play that will almost always give that team momentum. And then they get the ball right away. Now, it's not unusual then for there to be a touchdown immediately following that two-point play. So it's, it can be a nine-point swing pretty quickly. In this case, it was only five points, but it clearly kicked off a turnaround. And I, I think that's something to keep in the back of your mind whenever you see a safety happen, um, that it's just it's a much bigger play than people really give it credit for. Isaiah Pacheco has a huge game, and uh, and I, I do want to shout out too though his ability in the checkdown game. He had three catches for like forty yards. He made the most of those plays when I feel like sometimes he doesn't, and so it was a, it was just a good really overall game from Pacheco. Yeah, he was huge, and he brings that energy, that fire that the team needs sometimes. Every single time against the Jets, when the offense needed a spark, it was Pacheco. Like that was that was really cool to see. He's always sort of been that guy but they don't always give him that many opportunities. He had 20 carries in this game, plus the three targets, turned it into three catches, 23 touches for Pacheco. I think we've talked about this before. He's one of those guys that needs volume to get going. Uh, Clyde is the same way, frankly, and and he did not have a solid game. Uh, Clyde didn't. He just wasn't able to get going out of the blocks. But I think both of those guys need volume if you want to see any kind of production out of them. So you can't really judge a, a guy on – on three or four touches, get them 25 touches, you know, over 20 touches a game and, and see what they can do. Pacheco was, was a monster all the, all day long, consistently brought that energy. I love seeing the tweets about him running. Like he's angry at the ground, you know, like this is a really, uh, uh, th- this is just an impactful, you know, energy giver uh, for this offense. And, and they, they really, and I know we have a question about this, but, I'd love to see them stay balanced like this uh, going forward. Well, and they really fed into that energy, probably being in his back in his home state. You know, I I, I didn't think about it going into the game, but they kind of kept mentioning it. You know, and and anyone who watched the, the latest episode of the franchise, I will say another uh, another great episode uh, production by the Chiefs. Uh, you know, Pache- they highlighted Pacheco, kind of you know high school, you know his hometown in Jersey, kind of a small town, small school. And, uh, you know, that's he went back home Sunday night and had a great game. So shout out him. But, you know, on the flip side of the offense, you know, there was the passing game. Right. Not as as pretty. You know, we, we saw it early. We saw we saw Patrick Mahomes find Noah Gray down the field early for a huge touchdown. That was cool to see. Um, you know, we saw we saw some things, uh, you know, with with Kelsey, you know, Kelsey got open. But, man, Mahomes just at, at some points just forced the ball a couple times where you don't normally see him force that pass. I kind of mentioned it in my uh, AP premiere shout out the, the newsletter that we send out from Arrowhead pride. Make sure you subscribe. If you're interested, I give kind of, you know, my, a more opinionated, uh, you know, analysis of the game each, each week. And something I mentioned is just that, you know, these first few weeks, he wasn't testing those tight windows and he was holding on to it. And we were kind of complaining about like, okay, receivers aren't getting into these windows and, and finding them. And Mahomes just isn't triggering because of it. And he's, and it's, and that's why the pass offense is kind of slowing down. Well, this game, these couple times, he just triggered into him kind of 
for no reason to me. Like both of them were not open, in my opinion. Um, he had to have the perfect pass to even get him there. But even if he got him there, he's his receiver is going to get crunched by two or three defenders because it's in between a really uh, tight window downfield. They were they were interesting passes and interesting decisions to me. Both times he 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 wasn't pressured. He was you know he was kind of in a clean pocket where he was kind of uh, navigating the pocket um, and kind of had time to to make that decision. So. You know, it, it wasn't it was one of those games where the Jets defense really made him uncomfortable. Um, we've seen this against guys, uh, defenses like Tennessee last year against Denver at times in the past where he does have those rough games. But Stags, what he always does in these games is use his legs. And it's funny, I, 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 I noted this in my article, eight of the nine times he's rushed for 50 yards in his career, he's had uh, less than a 90 passer rating. So he does it when he needs to, and this is a perfect example yeah. of that because the passing game, he was just not feeling himself, and the and no one was getting open. I I, I buried that point in that no one was getting open, but this time it just seemed like he forced those those throws into tight windows instead of the three weeks prior. He kind of was being more casual or being more uh, conservative, I should say, and not testing the the tight windows. For some reason on Sunday, he kind of forced his way into it a couple times and it wasn't just that he was forcing him he was forcing these touch passes in in yeah exactly yeah in a way that's not really him it's not like he's ripping it in there like he like he's able to uh those were spots where yeah you you had to drop this rainbow in a bucket and and uh and it just yeah something was off about that and like you said maybe it was the defense maybe it was people not getting open but wasn't his day uh at least three quarters of it wasn't his day but yeah, he was brilliant on the ground, and and Pacheco was the man. Two hundred and four rushing yards for the team, five point eight yards per carry uh, on average, which also happens to be uh, Pacheco's average, five point eight. Uh, so you've got some some real success there on the ground. Uh, even Sky Moore getting a couple of a uh, couple of carries. Uh, he had two for nineteen uh, with a so averaging almost ten yards a carry for on his two carries. One was eleven yards. One was one was eight. So, uh, you know, there's not necessarily how you want to see Sky Moore used, and and not necessarily right. how we hope to see him. He didn't have a catch on two targets. Uh, in fact, I think at least one of those, I felt like he had a shot at it, or he at least um, you know could have been in position to make a play. Uh, he just doesn't seem to be, you know, getting any traction at this point as a as that go to receiver that we thought he would be. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, that first third down of the of the drive, I, I called it a three it out on Twitter. Just you know, late night brain. Uh, obviously, it was it was a it was a later in the drive. It could have extended a drive and maybe scored a touchdown. But you know, sprint right. This is a very very fundamental play in the Chiefs' offense. A lot of times on third and short, they love to do is Tyreek with with anybody with any sort of you know ability to create separation at the top of their route. Like Sky Moore should be able to with the ten yard split with the things we've seen him do in his career. He did create, you know, separation to an extent, but he just doesn't explode out of his break there. He doesn't come back to the ball hard. And then that's why the ball is a little long and uh, low and outside to him. And like some people, you could see that and say, well, look, Mahomes threw it, you know, too low and outside. Like that's a bad throw on Mahomes. To me, it's if you watch Sky, he just is way too casual coming out of the break. He just kind of turns and waits for the ball to be on him. You got to drive off. You have he gets three yards past the, line, the first down marker to to have all that space to drive hard and have and get away from the corner. Cause if you're casual out of your break and the ball's, you know, ball is, is inside at all and you don't drive hard, like that corner is going to jump it and, and, yeah. and get a pick. So yeah, it's, it, to me, that was on sky. I highlighted that on Twitter and 
those kind of things are just, it's the stuff we kind of saw with McColl at times. I hate to say it. And, you know, the thing with Sky is he doesn't have that, that trait that McColl had to keep him in the rotation. So if Sky doesn't, you know, get this chemistry with Mahomes together, you know, he's not going to, he's going to get phased out for a guy like Rasheed Rice, who, again, turned three catches into 32 yards, you know, had an 18-yard reception at one point. You know, he's going to continue to get snaps, and he's a slot receiver, and that's where Sky's been playing. So I, it, it's it's not trending in the right direction, I'd say, for the second-year wideout. I would agree there. One that I thought was interesting, I'm curious to get your take on, is Kadarius Tony. He had two plays back-to-back that he made that were tremendous plays, showed a lot of toughness, a lot of grit. Um, you know, his stats, again, nothing to, to write home about, two catches, 22 yards. But those were those were big plays. They were back-to-back, uh, and then they didn't go back to him. Uh, I'm curious, you know, again, I thought that was a, a small positive sign from Tony, but then the usage still isn't there. The uh, He's getting snaps. He's just not getting a lot – not getting the ball. Yeah, no, it is it is odd. You know, he only had 17 snaps all game. Uh, you know, Blake Bell had 16 snaps. So you're talking about, you know, Blake Bell and Kadarius Tony being on offense the same amount. You know, that's not that's not how it should be, in my opinion. Um, and, and and that might change if, if again, a guy like Sky, who is getting these jet sweeps, he did get 19 yards. Right, Stags? That's that's great. But we in my opinion, you know, Tony and and peop- and, and Hardman and, and other people like would would have maybe made more out of those plays because they have maybe better open field ability, you know, better explosion, you know, Kadarius Tony can make people, you know, we saw it against Jacksonville, you know, three straight plays. He gained like 40 yards because he just kept making people miss in the open field. You know, that's, that's where, yeah, I, I am surprised, you know, Tony isn't being used more in those roles rather than sky because of that. But I think it tells you that they want to, they want the sky to be on the field. They want to give him a chance to to prove himself, but I, it's just through four games. He hasn't really given them much of a, you know, he had the, he had the broken play against Jacksonville, you know, that, that gave him a lot of yards, you know, that ballooned his stats a little bit. Um, and then he had the touchdown. That was, that was a great play, but that was, that's the only play we've seen sky make this year. Yeah. And so Tony, it's like Tony's made plays. He's had the drops in week one, but he's made plenty of plays. So, you know, I, I, I think you're just going to, if Tony can stay healthy, prove he can stay healthy, which he there's, I mean, you know, he had the toe injury, I guess, you know, recently, right. That he was limited in practice at one point, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons here. They're just kind of preserving him right for the, the rest, the end of the season. Cause I, you know, not a bad, bad idea, but it's trying, yeah, you know, it's trending that he's going to play more. I would imagine. Well, it's, it's what we've seen all season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had 30 attempts and nine of those went to Travis Kelsey but he's still targeted 10 different players. So you've got 21 attempts to divide amongst the other nine receivers uh, that were targeted. So there's, there's really no volume to, to go anywhere. I mean, Rasheed Rice had five, uh, five targets himself. So there's really, you know, um, again, you talk about volume with the running backs, these wide receivers are getting spread super thin. And I, I don't know if they're just waiting for somebody to, to really force their hand Um I know part of their offensive philosophy is to spread the ball around, but maybe it's spread too thin at this point. Yeah, no, I, that's a good, really good point. It's actually a point. Uh, I don't want to steal Nate's thunder, but Nate Christensen's going to write about for the site for us is, is if the distrib that distribution, is it getting too thin and they need to kind of start cutting people out a little bit to, to make it more efficient. No, I don't think the, the Vikings are tanking. I don't know. I think it's far too early in the season for a team like Minnesota to tank. Like Kirk Cousins has got his hole in the wall, 
with his Lombardi is meant to be going. <laughs> we saw it on the Netflix documentary. Come on. That's where he wants to put it. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, no, you're right. I mean, the previous games that you're looking at them, I mean, they've run teams pretty close. Um, mm. You know, Tampa Bay, they were, what, three points in it. Chargers, four points in it. So, you know, there's a couple of games there that could easily have turned around into into dubs and they could be sat here three and one. Obviously, they're not going to beat the Eagles. But even then, they run the Eagles quite close. Yeah, that Chargers game, especially like they were driving to win the game. Yeah. And then they threw, I think there was an interception in the end zone. Yeah. Like last minute, like they are playing close games. They are very, very entertaining to watch though. Yeah, yeah. You're you're quite right though. They're definitely in that Chargers Viking bracket, aren't they? You know, they mm-hmm. they they're, they're definitely a similar type of team that you don't know what you're gonna get out of them. So their offense is pretty darn good. I mean, you know, the total passing yards for the offense is is fourth for the Vikings, but their rushing game is near the near the bottom, twenty-eighth, which Suggest to you that they're really going to be going for an air raid kind of offense in this, don't you? I mean, yeah. yes, they'll use Matheson sporadically, as I suppose. You know, he'll, mm-hmm. he'll probably cause us a few problems because he's a good player. But I think the air raid offense is definitely going to be the one that we've got to be worried about here because, um, yeah, passing yards totals there, fourth in passing yards total for the year so far. Yeah. That's definitely going to was. <laughs> Justin Jefferson has 543 yards receiving already this season. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> It's crazy, isn't it? Like Four it. games in, he's halfway to a thousand. Oh, it's just, and we're struggling <laughs> to get any receiver to get 150. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, it's mad. Um, Cam Akers apparently, well, he's a Viking now, isn't he? They traded for him a couple oh, of weeks yeah. ago to, from the Rams. Is he back yet? Um, because played, as an Alexandra Madison fantasy owner, this year has been quite. Um, <laughs> no one cares about my fantasy team. No one cares. But as a fantasy owner of Alex Madison, this year has been quite disappointing. After Dalvin Cook left, I thought he was going to be the guy, but he's made a couple of errors. He had a couple of fumbles mm. already this year. Um, get Acres on. <laughs> yeah, get Acres on. Um, I am interested to see what the Chiefs do about Justin Jefferson, though. I will they because like, traditionally, do you remember? A couple of years ago, Spags always played man coverage against Jamal Chase, and it always yeah. went terribly. It didn't matter what down it was. It went. I, I think it was the infamous. Was it the fourth and eighteen when we blitzed oh, Jamal Chase and yeah. left one on one coverage? Was it? I can't remember who. Was it Chavarez Ward? Maybe against Jamal Chase, and it went horrendously well. Um, yeah, but yes, I'll be interested to see what they do. Do they double him? Do they always play someone over the top of him? Do they always lean a safety over to his side? I think you do need to account for a player like Justin Jefferson. So defensively, um, there's a couple of players that worry me on this team. Um, Danielle Hunter is clearly one of those. Um, five sacks in the season so far. He's clearly in the top five in the league in Did sacks. Did you call him Danielle Hunter? <laughs> Danielle, yeah. Danielle. Isn't it Darnell? It's Danielle on my notes. No, you're right. Ignore me. It's Danielle, isn't it? He's probably, well, I'm probably saying it wrong. He's probably Daniel. I've just Fan, never. Fancy spent. Fan, I've just never, ever, ever heard of a man called Daniel. Daniel Hunter. <laughs> Before. Yeah. Well, no, I was just saying, you know, he's, he's clearly not on the edge, but he's, you know, five sacks a season, top five in the league. He's one of those guys that they, obviously this Chiefs you know, offense needs to really kind of watch. Um, and Harrison Smith as well, who is actually a safety. He's got three sacks on the season. So he's been around forever. I met has, him. Actually, yes. I met him in London years <laughs> ago, like a long time ago. 
he is a ageless wonder, Harrison. When was that? 2015? Long, long time ago. I think it was Longer before than that. that. How old is Harrison Smith? I'm going to find out right now. This is this might be one of the few NFL players that are still remaining that's older than me. 52, I'm going. 52. Put some elevator music in over this. Welcome to Intermission. Don't say he's I'm, 26. No, he's 34. He's 34. He seems 34. like he's been around forever. I thought you were going to say something like he was 24 or something. 20, 20, 24, <laughs> yeah. 25. You're like, eh? How's that no, he, he got drafted in 2012. So, oh, right. 2012. Like, great player. All pro a couple of times. I'm reading his Wikipedia page here. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's first time all pro, second team all pro, six time pro bowler, all rookie team 2012. 19 and a half sacks. Well, so they're clearly he's doing something different here because his career has got 19 and a half sacks. Mm. And if three of them have happened this, this year, this year, you know in the first is? four games, they you know must be is? blitzing. They must it's be blitzing. blitzing. It's Brian Flores and his blitzing, confusing offenses. Is that right. what he's up to? That's uh, what he's up to. So he's dialing up Harrison Smith and hoping his, his you know, hip pops out or something. So, yeah. <laughs> His hip, hip pops, pops out, out and that sacks Mahomes. Sack. It literally rips through the side of his trousers and <laughs> sacks Mahomes himself. Oh, your hip! <laughs> um, I, God, this podcast is getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag analysis. Um, yeah, but if they're going to dial up the blitz, then fine, do it. Do you know what? The more I think about the Vikings, the more I think the Chiefs are going to have a get-right game. I know I said it a couple of weeks ago with having a get-right game against the Bears, and it worked until they decided to, you know, stop having a get-right game. They're going to have it this week against the Vikings because yeah. if this if the Vikings are relying on Blitz and Harrison Smith to get pressure, then there's going to meet, lead a gaping hole in the middle of the field. And I like to think that even someone like MVS could work in that. And if Tony's yeah. going to be healthy, if Travis Kelsey's going to be another week into the season because he's kind of growing into the season slowly as it goes on. I do think the Chiefs will have a better time on offense against this Vikings team. Now, don't get me wrong, I I'm think the Vikings you. are also going to score points. They're averaging, what, just under, what, 23, 24 a game? Yeah. I do think they're going to score points, but I just don't think they're going to be able to score enough against the Chiefs. I do think it's going to be a scrappy game, but I think you're right. I think You think it's going to be scrappy? I think it's going to be scrappy. No, I think it's going to be points, points, points. I know they can score points, and you know Justin Jefferson can score points as well. So um, I think it's going to be a scrappy game. But with the blitzing, and like you've said, with the blitzing as well, it is going to leave a lot of empty spaces behind them, isn't it? It's uh, that hopefully the the Chiefs wide receivers are going to kind of exploit. A bit like the Bears game. I'm, I'm hoping the wide receivers find space like they did in the Bears game. Hoping. <laughs> Hoping. One thing we do need to watch out for as well is uh, Kirk Cousins. He's pretty darn good at fourth quarter comebacks. He is? Yeah. Apparently last year he had eight fourth quarter comebacks last season. Well, that's, that's We all up. saw it on the documentary. We all saw yeah. it. I'd like to think the Chiefs won't be in a position where they have to worry about a Kirk Cousins court, uh, comeback. I think, I think they'd be too far ahead for that. Yeah. Just before we get into the... Uh, the predictions. I just wanted to do a, a new thing. Worrying stat of the week. <laughs> okay, thanks for the heads up, mate. Worrying stat of the week. Are you going to give it a theme tune? I've just done it. 
the Chiefs are tied second as the worst team for giving away interceptions this season. Six interceptions so far this season. That's tied with the Giants. Only- I like the fact the way you positioned that was the Chiefs. Just say it. It's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> no, it's not Patrick Mahomes. Actually, Blaine Gabbert has two of them, doesn't he? Blaine Gabbert uh, has two. So if you take away his two, and Kadarius Mahomes? Two. Yeah. So, so Mahomes really only has two. He only has two, really. So, like, yeah, it's not really a worrying start of the week, is it, really? But uh, no. <laughs> the, Raiders, the Raiders lead that start. Oh, no. Anyway, last week. Right, predictions, mate. What are you going for? That's such a bad segment. I hope it's there. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want worrying stat of the week back, Leave just us tweet a review. us. <laughs> oh, this, the second half of this podcast has just been as bad as <laughs> the, the second quarter for the Chiefs on Sunday. It's been a car crash. Good luck with editing this. If you make this sound good, then I will buy you dinner in Frankfurt. Oh, it's been so bad. It's been so bad. Awful podcasting. horrible. If you're listening to this thinking, actually, this podcast has been okay, then trust me, Brad has worked wonders because we've been well off our game today. <laughs> I'm going to have to put so many like little snippets of movie things in there somewhere yeah. just to make it a little bit more entertaining, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I'm going to predict a shootout. A shootout, right? It's a f***ing shootout. Like a West. Uh, between the Chiefs. I'm going to say Chiefs 34, Vikings will score more than any other team has done so far this season against the Chiefs. Uh, 24. So, yeah, 34, 24. 24, okay. I've gone Chiefs 24, Vikings 21. Another nail be- n- another nail biter, I'm afraid, Chiefs Kingdom. I can't talk tonight. I'm thinking it's going to be another close one because I'm still not convinced by this Chiefs wide receiving core. But hopefully, like we said before, the Vikings defense will give up a lot of real estate to them. And give yeah, them gonna, they blitz. It's game over. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Can we get through an episode without talking about the wide receiver room? No, we're back once again <laughs> after a lackluster performance. I, 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 what was the final number for the Chiefs wide receiver room against the Jets? I know you have it off the top of your head. Um, I don't, but it was not pretty. I believe it was seven catches, 38 yards. Yeah, something around there. Yeah, Seven catches, 54, something like that. The wide receiver room through four games has not been what people hoped it would be. And part of that is because of Kadarius Toney's health. Part of that is because of Rasheed Rice and his drops. Part of that is because Sky Moore continues to put up donuts. Shout out to Gritty. I mean, this is Sky Moore's week one and week four performances right here. Uh, so the question I asked coming into week five here on Cheese Coast to Coast, 
is do the world champion Kansas City Chiefs need to look at adding another wide receiver to their unit uh, for the stretch run and potentially defending their title? What do you think, Mark Gunnels? I mean, you will be not doing your job if you didn't at least do your due diligence and see what's out there. But I don't think it's a pressing need at this point. Um, I mean, if you remember last year, I don't know if people forget, but this receiver room wasn't that good until about midway through. Like, Juju didn't really start clicking until about week eight, week nine. And I, I still believe in this this young core. I still think where she rice probably the highest upside now, the, the way I'm looking at it. I think he uh, he's really good after the catch. I think they need more design stuff for him to get him out in space. Sky Moore, the guy that you mentioned, you, know, you just mocked with the, the gritty of the, the zeros. And the guy that you like to rub in my face that I said he's going to have 800. 800 to 1,000. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still not backing down on that prediction, but it's definitely looking bleak at this moment, to say the least. Um, I, I just don't understand how he's not getting targets. Like, I, I don't get it. I, I mean... He went down to Texas with Mahomes. It's a year or two. I feel like he could be a guy in the slot area that can move the chains. And I just I, I'm I'm not putting my finger on what's going on quite there. Um, I know Mahomes took accountability today during his presser, but I think that's more of him being a good teammate than anything. <laughs> Obviously, he's not going to throw his guys under the bus. We know that. So. These guys got to get better, man. And then where, you know, the guy that nobody talks about, and he's like the elder stakesman in the room. Where's MVS been? Like all this talk about the young guys, cool. I get it. Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, we have high hopes for them. Uh, you want to see Justin Ross get in there, but where the hell's MVS been? Hello, I feel like he's the guy that's been like getting left the hook. Nobody ever talks about him, like ever. Can you explain that to me, Aaron? He was in the locker room today. Had a chance to catch up with him, talk with him. He said that he thinks the young guys got a lot thrown at him early in the year, and he still believes, like you, in their long-term development and growth. We hit on this quite a bit yesterday on The Drive, 610 Sports Radio. CDOT brought up this interesting fact on your boy, Sky Moore, and I, I couldn't believe this. I I'll say it again here for our audience. Sky Moore has played in 20 regular season games for the Chiefs. He doesn't have a catch in eight of those 20. And one of those being the 23 to 20 win over the Jets. The question that we started this whole thing off was, is, do the Chiefs need to add a wide receiver? My answer to that is no, but they do point blank period need more production and need more um, efficient play out of the receivers they currently have. I think with time, with experience, and with comfort with quarterback one, some of that will come specifically with Rice. But as far as MBS is concerned, he is he is what, you, what we thought he was. I mean, he was a deep threat that came in and played with Aaron Rodgers. That could probably going to give you about 650 to 700 yards a year. Um, last year, I think he finished with like 42 catches on like some 80-something targets. I, I think, you know, they got a hodgepodge of guys right now. I think the thing that you look at is you say treetop view, the group is not where we want them to be right now. And you're still three and one. Like You have a, when you have 15 at quarterback, your margin for error is so big. 
It, it, it's massive. You put Desmond Ritter back there at quarterback for the Chiefs, they might be one and three, if not zero oh and four. But when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who even on an off day can be supportive with a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, or even on an off day can make the key plays to win games, you don't need to have a rock star home run hitter in the wide receiver room. I don't see them going in the bargain bin and shopping for guys like a Chase Claypool or a Hollywood Brown or whatever your name is. I know people were mad that they weren't in the Adam Thielen sweepstakes or, you know, like that realm to me, I, I don't see it happening because they've already invested so much capital in the wide receiver room as it sits right now. You got a two second round picks for the last two years. Like that is the investment that they're willing to make. The rest of it is just time. You got to wait, be patient. Right now they're three and one through four games with the wide receiver room playing below average. If you can get to average or slightly below or slightly above average, I, I, I see another deep playoff run. Yeah, and I will say this though. I do think it's time to see what we got in Justin Ross. And I Why? mean, at this because at this point you haven't seen anybody separate themselves. Like, there's nobody in there that is standing But out. if he's not even getting touches, what does that tell you? You have to see what you got in him, though. Like, give him an opportunity. Draw up some manufactured plays for him. They do They do it for freaking Sky Moore on those little jet sweeps and stuff. I'm sure you can manufacture something for Justin Ross, especially in the red zone. He's your biggest receiver, big body guy. We saw in the preseason that he can go up and get it. If you just throw up a fader out, like why, why not that at least at the very least, just see him, put him in a goal line package, throw it up to him. I, I don't see what's wrong with that. I don't see what the, at this point, cause you're not getting anything from the room. So if I'm him, I'm like, why am I not playing? Why am I not getting touches? Cause these guys in front of me don't look good at all. He's not ready yet. I don't think the coaches will put him in a position to fail. I don't think they have confidence in his knowledge of the of the offense full scale a goal line package not even a goal line package i'm not on the coaching staff sure <laughs> i mean if you want to throw him out there i don't think it could be any worse but i i don't i hate that that chiefs fans kind of have wrapped this flag around justin ross that he is julio jones and the chiefs coaching staff is just leaving him on the sideline while they're scrambling for for options inside the room like no they brought him up for a reason but he's just not ready to be a contributor on every down he is a specialty packaged guy right now they haven't had an opportunity to use those special well, i'm saying i want to see those packages that's what i'm asking for i'm not saying get 50 percent of the snaps i wanted to see him at least touch the ball and see what he can do Kingdom Queens is tapped in with us, says, God, no, no more receivers. We have too many that are in similar roles as it is. Add a tight end, potentially. Paul says too much use, too much youth in the wide receiver room. I have a feeling this will not be our last time talking about the wide receiver. How about this from the juice before we move on? Because we're about to preview Chiefs Vikings big game in week five. There's been some conversation about that she's maybe being a little bit too dependent on Travis Kelsey. Do you agree with that? For this year? I don't I don't feel like he's actually been involved that much since he came back week two, to be honest with you. I feel like they need to use him more. But obviously, I know teams are loading up on him and taking him, trying to take him out the games because they don't scare, they're not scared of none of the receivers on the outside. But I, we haven't even had that Travis Kelsey game yet where you're like, oh, okay. This is the same old Travis Kelsey. Like, I mean, he's been okay, but I don't feel like 
they've gave him the ball enough. And one more note, Ron Kopp does great film work for us here at Arrowhead Pride, says Rasheed Rice against zone coverage, 11 targets, 11 catches, 127 yards, six first downs. Rasheed Rice against man coverage, five targets, zero catches, and a drop. So maybe that could be uh, how defenses have found ways to make the Chiefs wide receiver room look. I think so much of this just gets fixed when Travis Kelsey looks like himself again. I, mm. I think that's that's the honest truth of the matter. Kelsey so far this year has looked a step slower and has looked like a guy that is coming back from a knee issue. He has 150 yards in his first three games of the year. The typical Travis Kelsey, you would expect to see that closer to like 225. He's averaging like 20 to 30 fewer yards per game than what you would typically see from a Kelsey that we've come to know and appreciate in Kansas City. When that happens, and I say when because I believe it will happen eventually, this offense is going to be fine, man. And it's going to be a matter of Kelsey stepping up, one of those wide receivers getting better, and Patrick Mahomes playing like we all know that he's capable of. I think this is a pretty good week for it, honestly. Like, the Minnesota Vikings defense is not something that scares you. This is a defense that you can get through the air. This feels, and so does the Broncos defense next week, like another get-right type of a game. The way that it was against the Bears and the way that it was a few years ago whenever they went up against the Raiders, and finally we saw that offense break out after the weird thing with the Titans and the Packers and that stretch. You know what? That's why I like you, BK. That's why I love you, actually. Uh, and, and not a, any kind of a... Uh, no, you're good, man. We, we can just in, leave it at that. Not a, not a kind of intimate way or anything like that. I'll be honest with you, it is intimate. I, you know, this is why I love you. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you brought up the Kelsey thing. See, that's that's probably now listening to you. That's probably the number one reason, fellas, why I'm not ready to just you know jump off the ship with this wide receiver crew. Is like we know this isn't going to be a dominant group, at least right now. We know there is no Tyreek Hills. There is no great player out of this group. We all knew that. For this group to be really productive, the great stuff around it was going to have to be great around it. Because, right, you feel like, yes, the wide receiving core is going to work. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback. And Mahomes is the best quarterback in the world. And he will make this thing work. Hell, we watched him make it work with Juju and the rest of these dudes last year. Juju almost had 1,000 yards and got paid by, by, by New England. Because he can make it work. You got Travis Kelsey. He is the, without question to me, the best tight end in the game today and the best tight end of all time. Has he been great? Hell no. He ain't been great to everything you've talked about. He may still be injured. Has Mahomes been great? Hell no. He is not. He has not played at no MVP level. If he's going to win an MVP this year, boy, he's going to have to get going. And I mean now. Andy Reid. That's another reason why hey, Andy Reid can scheme things. He's going to use. Has Andy Reid really been scheming and been on his A game with things this year? I don't think so. I think there can be an improvement. And you felt good about your offensive line. You felt good about your tackles. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. And that stretch where they struggled against the Jets, Mahomes wasn't just scrambling all the time because guys wasn't open. Mahomes was scrambling because he was getting pressure quick. And, and, and that's been a bit of an issue at times for this offensive line. 
So I think those guys you felt were going to be strengths. I'm not ready to jump off the bridge on this wide receiving core when all the things around it that we expect it to be a certain level have not played at that level. Has Patrick Mahomes sort of played at the level you expect him to this year? No. Has Travis Kelsey played at that level? No. Juwan Taylor, how many penalties are you going to get this week? They're not all legal illegal procedures. Let's get it. I mean, my man's got 10 penalties in, 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 in four games. It's insane. Like, and, and he has struggled at times. So those are things that you expected to be able to help the receiver core. I want to see what it looks like when we get MVP Mahomes, when we get best of all time, GOAT. Travis Kelsey, when we get this offensive line clicking, I want to see that before I jump off the bridge and say that the Chiefs need to make moves. Right. I, I like that. That's that's where I am with that receiving core. And you're right. Like that, it's all still figuring things out and it's all still trying to find the way to piece it all together. But like, I do think that Patrick Mahomes can take this thing to another level just by getting upset and getting annoyed and being like, okay, I have to play better. And he said that multiple times this week. Like, just like, I like taking all of the blame for everything that they did, even in a win, he was like, yeah, I have to be better. I played terrible. I was awful in that well, game. Well, and, he had no choice but to do that with some of the decisions he yeah, made. Yeah. And he made bad decisions, but like we we've seen that from him. And I just feel like we do this every year with him where like BK mentioned again, like, he goes on these stretch runs where they don't look great and we overreact to it and we overreact to it. And then he'll get locked in and, and they'll settle down and they'll go on a run. And then all of a sudden it's, he's the greatest player in the world. Again, the chiefs are the greatest team in the NFL and there's no worries anymore. And so that's why I'm not stressed about any of this stuff. If there was a week to get right, it is this week, Ron, because the chiefs have figured out most of the time, how to operate against the blitz. Do you know who that's the, the one that's one... the one thing? Yeah, that's the one thing I'm concerned about. Oh, is, really? Well, I'm just I'm just I'm just concerned, like you know, Brian Flores is gonna say F it. Terrible. And 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 this offensive line, I just that's the only thing of like they're they gonna be able to pick it up. I would think so, but that that's the that's the only thing that they do that makes you a bit concerned. The giant Patrick Mahomes. The Giants are second in the NFL in blitzes this year, blitz percentage. They've done so roughly 49% of the time. The Vikings are number one at 57%. To put that another way, the Vikings have blitzed the quarterback 90 times this year. Second in the league is the Patriots at 67. The gap between number one and number two being the Patriots is the same as the gap between number two and like number 25 with the Jets. They are playing a completely different game defensively than every other team in the league right now. The Vikings are just saying, hey, we do not have the personnel to stop anybody right now. So we got to get super creative. We got to get super blitz happy. And we're going to try like hell to force you into a difficult decision. And a lot of the times it doesn't work for them, but they're just going to keep going after you. They do not care if they give up a big play. They're just going to keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting. And hopefully, eventually the variance goes their direction. Against Patrick Mahomes, I hope that that is not 
the case. I think that he is a smart enough quarterback, a poised enough quarterback to make this thing work. And if ever there was a player that is going to thrive against this kind of a defense, it should be Travis Kelsey, because you're going to find space and openings galore in the middle of this defense. So this is a Kelsey game. This is a Mahomes game. I fully anticipate them getting back on track this week. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Blitzing Mahomes has been – it's not what you want to do. It'll be interesting to see if he continues to do that. He doesn't know any other way. That's the only way they play nah, defense. He knows the other way. I would not be surprised if he watches and says, all right, let me sit back. No chance. And, and, and blitzes and blitzes sparingly. No chance. In this thing. It's like saying Wink Martindale is going to suddenly stop blitzing. He's going to do I've it. Seen, I've seen Wink do it. We we actually talked to Alec Lewis this week on the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Network. I really he's like the, Alec Lewis. Alex yeah, he, he's he's great. College he, with Alec. He he covers the Minnesota Vikings now for the Athletic, and he said Brian Flores was very coy when asked about his blitzing and whether or not he was going to do it about Patrick Mahomes to Patrick Mahomes, and it's pretty safe to say he's just going to blitz the hell out of him yeah. because he blitzes the hell out of everybody, even if he won't admit it this week out of the game. They did we'll it against see. the Chargers. They did it against the Eagles. They're going to do it against the <laughs> Chiefs. It's going to happen. Fantastic in that game. Yeah. No. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what they do there. I. I wouldn't be surprised if they mix it up. But as we just talked about the receivers, like if they're not able to get away from zero blitz, which I've I've watched Brian Flores in a game against the Texans when he was the Dolphins' head coach. Zero blitz the Texans, I think, like 15 consecutive snaps. He's like, nuts, if, dude. He's if nuts. He's, if he does that, then, like, ultimately you think Mahomes would hurt him, and you just hope these guys can get uncovered. Now, if they're not able to get uncovered with just one-on-one coverage with the whole, whole field in front of them and with Mahomes buying time with those back uh, – those as he keeps backing up and backing up in the pocket, then – then that'll be concerning. I, I'm with you. I think they can they can get right in this.